Hey, this is Lizelle. And I'm Krista. And you're listening to Women Who Startup Radio. What you're about to hear is an exclusive outtake from our interview with Amelia Rose Earhart. This is the story of her flight around the world. My name is Amelia Rose Earhart, and in 2014, I flew a single-engine airplane 28,000 miles through 14 countries all the way around the world. Sometimes the longest way around is the shortest way home. How do you build an identity when you're tied to someone else? So there's a, there's a pretty strong conflict in what people uh, want to hear about my story and what I'm actually saying to them. And what people want to hear is that from day one, I knew that I would fly around the globe in honor of my namesake, Amelia Earhart, right? And while that's been there in, in a tiny corner of me, and I am adventurous, and, and I am, you know, this, this woman who wants to stand for other women. It took a long time to get there. Amelia had been asked a lot if she was a pilot and if she was planning to fly around the world. I get asked almost every day, why would your parents name you Amelia Earhart, right? Number one is, are you related? Okay, second question is, well, do you want to be a pilot? And the third question is, could you ever fly around the world? None of them actually thought I could. You know, you don't really think that the quiet girl who got the lucky break in TV is actually going to quit her job at NBC and go fly a plane. So I thought, well, what if I did this? Like, what if I did it? Very secretly at home, she starts to map out what course she would take to fly around the world. Okay, where would I go? What route would I take? What airplane would I fly? I needed to find a co-pilot. Who would I go with? If I'm going to do it, I want to make it as similar to Amelia's flight as possible. Not because I want to recreate her flight, literally, because I want to honor the difficulty of her trip. So I start planning this route at home, and I look and I say, okay, well, I can match these stops on Amelia's flight. I wanted to go around the equator because that's the widest point of the Earth, obviously. It would be approximately the same amount of miles. I would need uh, certain aircraft, certain fuel requirements, etc. Well, there's certain parts of Africa that I just can't fly through legally. You can't fly a plane in. You can't get clearances. You can't get your visas. The Middle East is very touchy as well. Weather-wise, monsoon season in India in the summers is a big issue. Mumbai floods all the time. So that was one of Amelia's stops. So I dropped it further south and flew through some islands. Um, there were so many things to take into consideration. Amelia understands that she's going to have to raise some serious money from sponsors and also find a plane that is sponsored because it takes money to fly a plane around the world safely and awesomely. Amelia flew the Pilatus PC-12, manufactured by Pilatus Aircraft of Switzerland. They're based in Switzerland and Broomfield. Conveniently enough, in Broomfield, Colorado, what are the odds? I walked in, I said to uh, their marketing guy, Tom, one of my best friends, you know, through the flight around the world, such a cool guy. First time I met him, he was like, yeah, no, no, no. You are not taking our plane. You don't have enough hours. No. So I came back again. So when somebody pokes a hole in your plan, you go back through and you dig into those holes and you find five or ten reasons why you've got it covered, right? Then you come back. And the reasons why they can say no keep getting smaller and smaller. And that's what I did with Tom. I kept drilling him down. And he finally took it as a proposal to the team in Switzerland, presented in front of their board, and they miraculously said yes. 
there are very few female pilots, right? It is not, not associated uh, with women. Since the dawn of flight, like we're talking Wright Brothers style, less than 30 women have ever flown around the world as piloting command. You are going to have two options in life. You can use it, laugh with it, mm -hmm. and benefit from it, or you can be angry about it. So Mimia is standing in front of a lot of press, in front of a lot of people, and she is embracing uh, a fun photo shoot in front of this beautiful plane in Switzerland. So I feel very special, like center of the universe. Look at me and my pretty airplane um, that I'm borrowing, of course. <laughs> and this guy who is in his pilot uniform, he's got his you know stripes on his shoulders and the pants, and he just looks so proud of who he is. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, I see you, uh, you're taking a picture next to this, this little airplane here. Do you want a pilot in your photo with you? And I go, sir? I said, there is a pilot in my photo. He leaned over and he looked inside the door of the aircraft. And I realized at that moment in front of all those people just how much fun it is to exceed the expectations of what other people have for you. We'd like to thank Habitat for being a Women Who Startup Radio sponsor. My name is Brad Todd. I'm the founder and designer of Habitat. Don't rush it. You know, everyone wants to get a logo done as soon as possible. They want to get branding done as soon as possible. But you really you can stunt the creative process by demanding this logo be done in a week. And a lot of times the solution is go find, you know, this online logo design solution that's cheap, that's fast, that gives you a thousand different iterations and, and concepts. You don't make the best decisions when you're evaluating so many different ideas and so many different designs. We'd like to thank Habitat for being a Women Who Startup Radio sponsor. You can learn more about Habitat at hellohabitat.com. When people just want you to fit this mold of, oh, perfect, your name's Amelia Earhart, your family says you're related, if you fly around the world, your life would be this am amazing, perfect little fit-together story. You know, and as we all know, stories like that fall apart really quickly, and mine did, right before my flight around the world. Up until now, Amelia had always felt very confident, saying, yes, she and the original Amelia Earhart were related. As a little kid, I was always told that I was related to Amelia, and so I kind of grew up thinking, okay, we've got this, this bloodline to this famous person, and when I was in college, I got a lot of questions about my name, and so I hired a genealogist. I paid 500 bucks. I said, help me figure this out. So we got my grandma to get birth and death certificates. She did all this research for me. And they said, yep, related, but in order to get the real records, we'd have to spend like three grand going to Europe. I said, a distant common ancestry traced back to the 1700s to me sounds legit. I mean, this was, you look at the facts and you're like, there's no way that they could be wrong. So I got a call from New York, uh, the Today Show wanted to have me on. And so on the Today Show, I give my usual answer. I said, distant common ancestry, traced back to the 1700s. Natalie goes, cool, that's awesome. Tell me about the route. Where are you going to go? Tell me about the foundation. This is amazing. We totally support you. This is great. I am on top of the world. We end the show. Um, I get back on the airplane that same day. I fly back home to Denver. And when I land, it's like heart-stopping news. You have got to get to the TV station right away. They said, we are led to believe by someone on our staff who said on air, we don't think Amelia is actually related to the first Amelia. 
This is somebody who is an amateur genealogist who researched her family history and believes that you're wrong. And I said, well, why would they do that? And my, my bosses had no, no reason. So my bosses, being as cool as they are, said, look, we don't know who to believe. So you have the burden of proof. Go hire a real genealogist. You know, go to the top. You're, you're a big kid now. You can afford it. So I called Ancestry.com, and this wasn't to, like, sign up for a $29.95 membership to research my own history. This was like, give me your top dude in Salt Lake where all the records are and do it fast. And I paid several thousand dollars to do it, and that was the, the, that was the worst two weeks of my life because I was getting ripped apart on social media. You told us that you were related to Amelia. You're a liar. You just want to use her name for publicity. You don't have a, uh, you have no clue who you are. You don't deserve to fly. Your sponsors should ditch you. I cried and cried and cried and cried. And meanwhile, I still had to go on TV every day. The Today Show, while I was doing the traffic here in Denver, they're saying, oh, hey, remember that girl we had on yesterday, Amelia Earhart? Yeah, it turns out she might not be related to Amelia. What do we think about that? It was like their talker for the day. And Natalie... Natalie Morales, which is why she will always be like my soul sister from far, far away. She said, I don't know. She goes, I believe her. I believe her. And that meant so much to me, you know, as she's a TV kind of role model. So anyways, two weeks go by. I'm getting ripped apart. My parents aren't speaking to me because they're embarrassed. My friends don't know how to talk to me because I've gone into isolation. I'm not eating. I'm like going to work and coming home and my sponsors are like, what is going on, right? Two weeks later, I'm pulling into my garage. My phone rings. I stop the car. The garage door closes behind me. And I answer the phone. I'm so like, I'm like, yes, this is going to be good. I can feel it. I'm like pumped up again. And the guy says to me, he says, Amelia, um, I am so sorry to tell you this, but you have absolutely no blood relation to the first Amelia Earhart. Now, Amelia finds out she is not, in fact, related to the original Amelia Earhart. And I think as much as for a lot of her life she was trying to create separation between her and Amelia Earhart, all of a sudden, I think she finds herself being sad. I just sit there in silence, you know, because for 31 years of my life, my whole life has been built around this identity of being connected to one person. So I go on live TV. No, it actually wasn't live. It was recorded just in case I messed it up. They set me on a stool in the middle of the newsroom. And I said, my name's Amelia Earhart, and I am in no way related to the first Amelia. She does assume that all her sponsors will back out, and her life is about to fucking fall apart. And the biggest and most joyful resolution in that is that I called all 21 of my sponsors individually. And at the end of the day, all 21 of them stayed on board. In this really tough time for her, what Amelia finds is that actually there is a lot of support. She has a lot of support from the people that love her and are behind her. I called up my one of my longtime mentors and because on the day that you were born, 31 years ago, did the FAA walk into that delivery room and go, oh, cute baby, you named it Amelia Earhart? Cool. Here's her pilot's license. Here's her private, here's her instrument, here's her commercial rating, here's her checkout in a Pilatus PC-12, and here's $2 million to fly around the world someday when you realize that that's what everybody thinks you're supposed to do. 
And I said, no, of course they didn't do that. And he goes, that's right. You did that. At the end of the day, you're the one. This was all you. You may have had the name Amelia Earhart and that may play some role in this, but at the end of the day, everything you've got, you did. So suddenly I was the girl who was planning the flight around the world and it took on this personality of its own. People started doing stories about it. And this audience started growing and saying, we believe in you, you can do this. I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? I have a day job and I want to fly around the world. I'm going to be gone for 18 days. I've still got to do all this travel and training. Meanwhile, I'm getting flown out to all these exotic locations to do talks and to meet people. And suddenly it's got this life of its own. And so I go to my team at Nine News and I said, I raised uh, close to $2 million dollars and I'm ready to fly around the world. And they were like, uh, yeah, about that. That's, what are you talking about? They said, you know, can you use your vacation time? <laughs> and then immediately, because they know me, I mean, they, I've come back to Nine News two times now and gotten hired the first time. They know who I am. They know my character. They said, all right, if this is what you're going to do, you need to do it. And so they, uh, you know, we made a deal where I left and the door was always open to come back, but I made no promises and neither did they. So it was a very um, cordial parting. Thanks to Steno for being a Woman Who Startup Radio sponsor. I'm Lindsay Strickler. And I'm Rex Roberts. And we are co-owners of Steno. Steno is catered towards men and women who are formidable at what they do. We are absolutely drawing in the rebels, but they're not in the rebels in the sense of, you know, motorcycles and tattoos. They're rebels in the sense of they wanted to do something on their own. These are men and women who are rock stars at the services or the business that they're involved with. Thanks to Steno for being a Woman Who Startup Radio sponsor. You can learn more at StenoDenver.com. 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 So now all the pieces are in place and Amelia is ready to embark on her journey. So I left. I flew a plane 28,000 miles over 18 days through 14 countries. I flew through, I flew over the equator six separate times. I saw the Southern Cross flying at 27,000 feet over the Indian Ocean as I was landing the plane in the Maldives. And now that I've done it, like the, the, the beauty that the world is capable of holding is so far removed from anything that I had perceived before. Like colors, I like to call them my impossible colors. Colors that I didn't even know exist came alive during that flight. Looking at horizons from 27,000 feet at sunrise and sunset over Kilimanjaro, and knowing that Amelia saw that, and I'm sitting up there flying this beautiful plane going, I am doing it. It's an active verb. <laughs> she finds herself where the last known point in time and space where Amelia Earhart was known to be 
And as I circled over that tiny little, it, it, it's 400 square acres. It's four miles around the coast. Imagine like the most beautiful tropical little island. No one has literally ever lived there. They built a runway in 1936 for Amelia. The U.S. government did. And it's so stormy and so crazy out there that the runway is totally gone. There was a naval ship parked up against the island that was waiting there, taking her radio calls. That's where she was going to sleep overnight. She never made it. So obviously that part of the world held a lot of emotional charge for me because I've gone my entire life connected to this idea of who she was. And that moment as I flew over Halland, circled around, we gave away close to $100,000 for the Fly With Amelia Foundation using this GPS device to tweet out the girls' names. I mean, it was like the most beautiful combination of history and technology and female empowerment and emotion and stress and life and death all right there. And we couldn't stay long because there's only a certain amount of fuel and you're flying over an ocean with nowhere to land. And I remember thinking, like, Amelia's down there somewhere. And so is her navigator, Fred Noonan. Shane and I are flying over. And again, Shane, my co-pilot, he's an amazing guy because he supported me so much. And he was like, okay, are you, re- are you ready to go? And, and finally, it was like, yeah, I am ready to go. And it wasn't go from that spot. It was, it's time to, to let go of being Amelia Earhart and become this Amelia Earhart. And for the first time ever, I heard my name as my own. So we're getting close. Luckily, there's a little bit of a tailwind, which is like my favorite metaphor, of course, you know, helping us back, keeping us conservative. And I look back, I look over and the first thing that I see, I can see the land and then I can see the Golden Gate Bridge. It's this big, beautiful pronouncement of, yes, you are here. As Amelia is flying into Oakland, air traffic control is actually holding all the other planes in the air to let her land. They cleared out the air traffic. They're all one by one saying, welcome home, Amelia. We're proud of you. (laughs) You know, that's the, there were airliners across, like pilots on Alaska Airlines. Amelia, we're following your flight. And I can see this massive crowd of people. I mean, like, like 300 people probably. And I just start shaking, you know, and you're, you've got to do all these checks and all these things to make sure the plane is in the right configuration. You've got to be at the right airspeed. Plus, there's a lot of pressure because CNN is there filming. And what if I, like, have a hard landing or something, you know, because I'm so shaky. And I come in for probably the smoothest landing of my entire flying career. Thank goodness. And it just felt so symbolic. It was like the ultimate, yes, like, we've done this. You know, that squeak that you picture, like, maybe it wasn't that great but it was pretty damn great and I taxi over and uh and I'm looking out the window and my left door which is where it's going to open up and I'm going to walk down is this big group of people and their smiles were so big and there was all my sponsors and it was all these people who helped me plan the flight and build the fuel tank and dealt with all the crap along the way they're all just standing there so happy Not that the flight was a success for their brands, and I could really feel this. It was that we were back home safely, you know, because there was a lot of stress and pressure around that. One engine on that airplane, by the way, so there's no backup if it fails. (laughs) Um, 
so Shane and I share this really nice hug and moment. He's like, all right. He's like, go out there and just tell him the good news. And I open the door and uh, my mom, I'll never forget, she just comes running up to me. Like, she didn't care. It wasn't anybody going like, hang on a second. We got to get the shot. It was like my mom. She had on this cool dress. Like, she could tell she was into it. And she looked just beautiful. And she had flowers for me. And we hugged. And then something profound happens. I see this man who had been standing next to my dad. And he's in his late 80s, early 90s. And he's in his full military uniform. Very pale skin, these really, really bright blue eyes. And on the day that I left on my flight around the world, he had walked up to me as we're trying to leave and everything's busy. This is 18 days previous. And this man comes up to her and just hands her a badge. He goes, I made these patches. I need you to carry one around the world. I'm going to keep the other one. And when you get back, we're going to switch. So I was like, sure, no problem. And I give him a hug and I grab the patch and I get in the plane and I fly around the globe. Didn't think about it once. When I come back home, I walk over to him and his name was Captain Tenderello. And I said, Captain... I said, we made a deal. And he finally shares with her the significance of the exchange of the badge right as she left for her journey around the world. He goes, Amelia, what I didn't tell you 18 days ago is that in 1937, I was a very, very little boy who was obsessed with airplanes. And I stood in this exact same location as a little boy, and I watched the first Amelia Earhart take off on her flight around the world and he looked at me and he says I have been waiting 77 years to see her come home and you just brought her back to me and that's what the flight around the world was about it was about creating a positive adventurous true aviation story it was about flying an airplane because you love it and because you've put the work in, and showing those girls out there that there are still adventures to be had. Thanks so much for listening to Women Who Startup Radio. We'd like to thank our team, our sponsors, Peter the Investor and Steno Coworking Space, our producer, Aaron Bassidy, and our engineer and co-producer, Allison Wrights. At Women Who Startup Radio, we're writing women back into history by telling the stories of innovative, adventurous female entrepreneurs. It's time to put on those boots and keep climbing. Always remember that you are the sky and everything and everyone else is just the weather. You can subscribe to Women Who Start Up Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. We love to hear your feedback and your stories. Rate us in iTunes and let us know what you think on Twitter at, at WW Startup Radio.